This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Magic Spoon. This is an NFT. That is an NFT. Anything digital uh, can and should be an NFT. Uh, NFTs are literally saving artists financially. Uh, NFTs are actually bad for the environment. What the hell are these NFTs and why is everyone talking about them right now like it's the Bitcoin boom all over again? What does it even stand National football toss? <laughs> well, look, uh, it is kind of booming right now. Uh, in case you're out of the loop, uh, NFTs, which NFT stands for non-fungible token. Oh, so they don't get fungus growing on them? We'll get to it. Uh, they've been getting all kinds of press recently as collectors have been snatching them up for thousands of hundreds of thousands, and even millions of dollars on sites like Rarible, Maker's Place, Super Rare, OpenSea, and Nifty Gateway. This sounds made up. <laughs> uh, so Beeple is one of the most prominent names in the NFT space, and uh, great artist. Yeah. Really enjoy Beeple's work. Mm -hmm. But uh, Beeple currently has a piece up at Auction House Christie's that is currently sitting at $3 million with just over a week left in bidding. And he also recently sold a piece on prominent NFT marketplace Nifty Gateway for $6.6 million. Yeah. Grimes just debuted her first drop, a collection of 10 different pieces, some of which were limited, some were open editions, and some were auctions. Uh, she pulled in around $6 million in a matter of minutes. EDM producer Blau also broke records this past weekend when he auctioned off a collection of NFTs representing an album that he made. Uh, highest bidders received unreleased music, the album as an NFT, and a custom song using the highest bidder's creative direction. Uh, he made $11 million in one weekend with the top bidder coming in at $3.6 million. Yeah, by, by now you're screaming at us, okay, we get it, lots of money, what the fuck is an NFT? So NFT, non-fungible token, uh, the best way to explain that is it, it means... Fungibility is the ability of a good or asset to be readily interchanged for another of like kind. $20 is $20 whether I give it to you as a $20 bill or send you $20 on PayPal. The end result is that you have $20. Non-fungible is something that is not interchangeable. In the world of NFTs, if something creates or if someone creates a work of digital art, only they can decide how many there are and what the value is based on what someone will pay. It can and it does change, but there's only one version of that creation or however many of, are minted of that one version. Now, this is all backed up and verified by the blockchain with proof of ownership and transfer existing throughout time. It's proof that you own it even if it's something digital. But also you could just screenshot it and have it figure out yourself without uh, using enough energy to power the entire nation of Argentina for a month. Mm -hmm. You could do that. Or uh, have this certificate saying, I own a star. Or mm -hmm. sorry, I own a, a, P a JPEG. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're probably saying if it's an image or video or an animated GIF, uh, yeah, why can't I just right-click it and have it? Well, yeah, but you won't own it, whatever the fuck that even means in this context. You won't be the person who has ownership of that creation. The comparison that's thrown around frequently is, uh, well, you could download the Mona Lisa, or maybe even a Shepard Fairey or a Banksy or a Basquiat or Caravaggio or a Rembrandt. You can download any of those and print them out and get them printed on a canvas and hang it up and say, look, I have it. But there are original pieces that exist that have certificates. Of all of but you get it. It's not the same as actually owning it, but it's digital. So who gives a shit? So yeah, this sounds really fucking stupid when you're talking about digital goods. And it is. But whatever the case may be, there's an entire economy booming around these pieces of digital art right now. And there are things that are good about this, but mostly just things that are bad about it. I, I have to clarify at this point that Elliot is very... Uh, 
He's he's down on nifty. This is the dumbest fucking thing NFTs. to emerge in 2021. Uh, I've been I've been in the looking at the space for a month and a half, two months now. Not exactly an early adopter in it, but I think it's cool. The art that's being you produced think is it's cool. cool because you have bought and sold for a profit. When the hype yeah. from this dies down and people are left with like ten thousand dollar JPEGs, yeah, it's going to be a lot less cool. But look. <laughs> And we'll get to the fact that, yeah, I mean, the art is cool, and you can say that you like the art, but also it it's the monetary aspect that has people interested in this. That's the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just, it's like custom uh, dollar bills, basically. Yeah, so here's, let's get to the good news. Uh, artists are actually getting paid. Handsomely, we, want, we might add. Okay. Uh, because of this whole NFT craze. And there are actually rules in place for the digital art secondary market that are far more beneficial to the traditional art, or far more beneficial to the artist than in the traditional art market. When an artist sells a piece traditionally, say $100, that art now fully belongs to the person who owns it. That person might decide to sell it in 10 to 20 years because that artist got more popular or it's a sought after piece that has gone up in value. If that person sells that art for $20,000, the original artist gets nothing. With NFTs, the original artist gets a cut of the sale literally every time the art trades hands uh, in the form of a percentage of that art or that, that transfer. If an artist sells an NFT for $100 and the person who bought it sells it for $1,000 and the artist has a deal to receive 10% uh, on every sale, that artist just made an additional $100. Okay, that's and good. I like that. That happens every single time there's a sale on this art. Basically, the artist gets paid every time their art is sold on the secondary market. So in that sense, it's actually really, really great for artists. And art, traditionally, unless you're dead or are working at a, for a big corporation or something like that, you're not going to be making a whole lot of money off of no, it tra in a traditional it sense. It is uh, a notoriously... Um, uh, it's a career that's not financially fulfilling for uh, the vast majority of people engaged in it. So, and yeah. even a lot of big companies that hire artists for comic books or anything else like that, sometimes underpay them. So, so yes, yes. If, if you are an artist, absolutely get that back. <laughs> like, yeah. don't, don't pass up your opportunity to trick people into giving you money for this made-up bullshit that is happening right now and will probably go away within the next couple weeks when the hype dies down. I will again say that Elliot <laughs> is much colder on this than I am. I, I, I like the overall aspect of it. There are definitely, and we're going to get to them soon, negative aspects of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, why not just burn down an entire forest and be like, hey, look. That's art. That's art. You're essentially doing that. And uh, yeah, you may be wondering, yeah, is there a secondary market for JPEGs? I mean, yeah. And that's what's driving the prices of these things through the roof, at least currently. Although I would say what's, it's not about the JPEGs at all. It's about <laughs> owning something, yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. And that's how most, like, most of the people who own famous works of art are fucking imbeciles who don't appreciate that art. They just like saying, hey, I have a Picasso. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Yes. Pretty cool, huh? And, and much like owning digital art that has value attached to it, traditional art has value attached to it, and they like yeah. owning something that has value. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's a great way to launder money. Anyway, <laughs> yes. these NFTs are often seen as uh, long or short-term investments due to the amount of interest that's being generated by them selling for a lot of money. It's kind of a self-fulfilling thing. Uh, one piece that cost $50 is now worth, uh, I don't know, $50,000? Well, I got $50. Maybe I can turn that into $50,000 as well by buying this art. Yeah. I'd be a fool not to jump in <laughs> on yeah. this new craze. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that uh, sounds oddly familiar, especially... Uh, this is this is this is on the blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. When's the last time we were everyone was pressured to get into something involving blockchain for fear of missing out on sixteen or seventeen? Well, 
I don't remember how that worked out, but I'm assuming great. And people will point out here too, it's like, yeah, if this market crashes, well, it could come back because Bitcoin has obviously yeah. come back in a gigantic double what it was back then. I, my, my working theory based on nothing yeah. is that the uh, crypto surge in 2020 and 2021 is entirely based on just people being bored. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. And people having extra money, like people who have money despite the coronavirus outbreak have nothing to do with it because they're locked inside. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I'll just buy a bunch of... Uh, this stuff, and I they just park my money there. Yeah, and also people like Elon Musk just doing blatant pump and dumps. <laughs> yeah, the Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with, with NFTs, I guess it was, it, the thing that was mainly appealing to me was that, okay, look, the artist gets paid, even if there's a secondary market where someone else is getting paid for their work yeah. by selling it, they're still getting paid. That's but also, good. it's at its core, when you look at it from the outside as, a, as, as someone who isn't an expert on blockchain stuff, it appears as though it is a cryptocurrency that it at least has a cool picture attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, you can invest in the stock market or you can invest in um, Magic the Gathering cards. And I um, do both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then there's the collector's aspect of it too. It's like, yeah. with, remember for the past 10 years, Mondo is a huge company with limited run artists and renditions of movie posters. And yeah. look, I have a bunch of those and it's very cool. And it was also exciting to get your hands on one because there were so many people going after it at once on the website. It's like, oh, I got this thing and everyone else was going for it and it yeah. sold out. But you can like put it up in your house. Yeah. Well, I, I ordered an infinite objects frame to put one of my nifties in. A what? It's a frame that's like a video frame, but it's not as ugly as the old like Wi-Fi frames. We're bringing those back now too? Yes. Oh my God, what is happening? Anyway. So yeah, this thing is, it's already, it's turned into a big collector's market. It's basically another stock market on top of the real stock market and the crypto market. People just want to, people just want to make money yeah. and, and lose money. And it's exciting either way. No, stocks only go up. <laughs> They've been going down a little bit lately. No, but uh, uh, GMA went back up uh, yesterday or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. People are buying art on the speculation that it will either maintain or increase in value due to the scarcity and the flood of new people uh, filling in to get involved. I would say the biggest argument against that is the idea that everyone with the tiniest bit of motivation and knowledge of this is minting NFTs right now and flooding the market with more product, mm -hmm. um, which would presumably Drive devalue the uh, yeah. just the, you know, the, yes. the rising tide or a, a Lowering tide sinks all ships. Yeah, if I find out about it, it's already too late. So me telling you about it means yeah. it's way too late. If you're an artist, though, get in on this shit. But yeah, all the buying and selling and doing all that, if that sounds like just uh, uh, like other parts of blockchain, blockchain technology, you're right. And if you're wondering if there's a chance that this bubble could burst, you're also right. The astronomical prices that we're seeing right now are almost certainly due to mainstream attention finally finding its way into this once niche side of the internet. And just in the past year, the amount of money pouring into NFTs has grown from essentially nothing to tens of millions of dollars, uh, sometimes over the course of a weekend, like we said. But like with anything else, including Bitcoin, the stock market, or anything else where people are trying to make money, there's a chance that the bottom falls out. I mean, that might not be forever. Things do bounce back. But there's certainly no question that right now, things seem to be at a fever pitch for NFTs. And as much as people want to say that they're really into it for the art aspect, look, that's fine. I agree. The art is very cool. But would people really be paying hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for something that they didn't think they had value in owning it? I mean, some people really do just have fuck you money. Yeah. Like if it's if like, it's uh, Elon Musk or Kim.com or like Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban was throwing down on them. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, 
Whatever. It means nothing to him. Yeah, literally. Uh, just doing it so he can say he did it. But uh, the good news is that the artists probably don't give a shit either way because they're na- now able to get paid with every transaction. So if the price of their piece soars and starts getting bought and sold frequently, they get paid more and more. If the price of their piece drops and people panic sell it to try to get rid of it, they still get paid for so, whatever they sold it for. So it's in the artist's best interest for the market to just constantly be fluctuating, uh, inspiring buying and selling. Yes. Yes. I think that for the artist, it's like, if you have like one piece that gets really big or something like that, the rest of them are going to do pretty well. Yeah. But like you said, like... But you want there to be volatility, so there's constant buying and selling. You don't want people holding on to your yeah. art. <laughs> True. Then, then yeah. You, you want make... whoever buys your art to sell that shit again. Exactly. But there's also sites, uh, like Nifty Gateway is a good example of a completely curated site. Yeah. So you, you have to work directly with them to get a piece or a collection on there. Mm. And then there's like OpenSea.io where... Anyone can post whatever they want. I yeah. had a tweet tokenized as an NFT by just replying, uh, at, like quoting this tokenized tweets thing. What? Yeah. Oh my god. So I, I like used as much energy as like an entire family for ten years by doing uh, that. Sorry. Yeah. So having said all that, yeah, there's uh, the not so flashy and exciting aspect of NFTs, and it's a problem. It comes along with everything related to the blockchain, uh, and that's energy consumption. Lots and lots and lots of energy consumption. Mm-hmm. Maintaining the blockchain ledger uses a ridiculous amount of energy. And yeah, I mean, we're not all that knowledgeable about <laughs> the whole blockchain thing. We haven't read all the white papers. And yeah, I'm probably going to get something wrong about this. But I mean, let's look at a recent Medium post from uh, Mimo Acton, who's an artist and technologist based in London, titled The Unreasonable Ecological Cost of Crypto Art. His post is filled with tons of information on the subject and has drawn the ire of many in the crypto art space. But Throughout the writing, he links plenty of sources for his materials, so uh, we'll, we'll leave you a link to that whole thing below in the description. But uh, here's a few select quotes from it. While not as bad as Bitcoin, a single Ethereum transaction is estimated to have a footprint on average of around 35 kilowatts per hour. This in itself is ludicrously high. To put that into perspective, this is roughly equivalent to an EU resident's electric power consumption for four days. And or this a is... Texas person's uh, <laughs> consumption for one second. Yeah. Uh, this is... For simply a single ETH Ethereum transaction. This is for an act which takes a fraction of a second from the point of view of the person engaging in the act. A single click of a mouse sets off a chain reaction and sends a signal to mining farms around the world, which go on to have a footprint of 35 kilowatts per hour for an average transaction, with emissions of close to 20 kilograms of CO2 for that single mouse click, (laughs) due to the underlying POW algorithm. Whereas, for example, an average email is estimated to have a footprint of a few grams of CO2, and watching one hour of Netflix is estimated at around 36 grams CO2, an ETH transaction is thousands times more costly than other internet activities that individuals typically engage in. And this is an average ETH transaction. Unfortunately, it turns out that NFT sales and related transactions on a POW blockchain such as Ethereum are a lot worse. I just love the idea of aliens landing on Earth in like 100 years, and we're all dead. And they're like, wow, what the fuck happened here? And they're like, did they, oh, it's because they were driving around in gasoline-powered cars and it ruined the environment. Like, no, they actually figured that out. It seems all these cars are electric. They were really getting a hold so, on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems they turned that around since the last time we visited. So what, oh, they were selling JPEGs that were using uh, the, the JPEGs using the energy of a household, of a family of house uh, for four days? All right, well. Look, this is either going to uh, put ultra drive into renewable energy or completely destroy the planet real quick. And though that our track record as humans 
indicates that we're just going to destroy the planet real quick. I mean, I, I feel like some places, probably not the U.S., but I feel like some countries might start to make blockchain shit illegal, mm -hmm. uh, depending on how bad it gets. <laughs> anyway, the, the piece continues. A single NFT can involve dozens of transactions and potentially more. These include minting, bidding, canceling, sales and transfer of ownership. This generally pushes the footprint of a single NFT into hundreds of kilowatt hours and hundreds of kilograms of CO2 emissions, and often even more. In fact, of the nearly 18,000 crypto art NFTs that I analyzed, the average NFT has a footprint of around 340 kilowatt hours and 211 kilograms of CO2. This single NFT's footprint is equivalent to an EU resident's total electric power consumption for more than a month, with emissions equivalent to driving for a thousand kilometers or flying for two hours. The, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and yeah, this was summarized quite shockingly in a recent tweet from visual artist and climate activist Joni Lemercier, who analyzed a single drop on an NFT marketplace and concluded the following. A single artist burned the equivalent of 49 years of electricity consumption with an addition of just two artworks. Yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, and look, these kinds of numbers, they're, they're shocking. And it's easy to willingly look the other way or hope that as blockchain tech evolves that more green energy solutions are utilized. Uh, hell, chances are, if you're watching this show, you've definitely bought and sold cryptocurrency at some point without having any idea that it has an effect on anything other than your pocketbook. And also a way to give a big fuck you to the big banks and, and the big government. Yeah. Um, hell, I, I, like Elliot said, I got into NFTs last month. I think the art that's coming out of the space is incredible. I love that the artists are getting paid. Uh, I dug deep into it and was like, um, wow, this is a moral quandary. Uh, I, I sold every, I didn't I'd have to have that money. They're extremely expensive. And plus I wanted to learn about it because it's fucking tech and we do a tech show. Uh -huh. I had uh, like five. I now have one because I really like the one. So I'm keeping that. What is it, Spider-Man? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a piece about an astronaut. Don't show it in the video or someone will screenshot it and then they have They're it. They're going to save it. Yeah. No, but that's the one that I got printed on the digital frame. So oh, I can I see. That's mine in there. My grandma has a digital frame. I didn't know. People, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anyone. You've been an NFT the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, look, artists getting paid good. Art coming out of it. Some of it's trash. A lot of it's good. It, there's just another side of it that you should be aware of. One that's nearly as impossible to grasp for normal people as the basic functionality and purpose of the blockchain. Not trying to acid rain on anyone's parade here. Just giving you a heads up, but the art's cool, and yeah. there is a marketplace. And if you want to buy art that uh, doesn't involve uh, just egregious amounts of energy consumption, uh, most artists have like uh, online storefronts where you can you can buy a, a nice screen print for sometimes twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Also, yeah, with have the that framed in your house with the Blau thing. Look, it, it's scarcity. People are buying scarcity, yeah. and they want to have a one of one kind of thing. A lot of musicians are looking at NFTs as a way to supplement their income. And look, it's great. Artists should be paid. Musicians should be paid. Yeah. They should be making more money than they do. It's just funny when you're like, like I imagine an indie band going, hey, guys that are spending millions of dollars on these downloads, we have a band camp with uh, some vinyl that we kind of went in the yeah. hole uh, uh, making. There's like 300 copies of it. It's limited. Yeah. And we had to take out a loan to get it. So if you guys could buy from our band camp... Specifically on Friday when Bandcamp does zero fees, that would be great. Yeah, and and the cool thing about vinyl is uh, it's a physical object that you can, you can hold hold in your hand and own. And those grooves in the circle, Elliot, you're missing my, the point. I got it printed in a digital frame. You see, so I'll I'll own the physical manifestation of uh -huh. this digital print. Yeah. 
Incredible. And then when it's worth a million dollars in 10 years, yeah. boy, won't I be Blue's laughing. Blue's going to be loud. You're gonna, I'm going to look like a real dunce when, uh, You're gonna see when that me, picture of Spider-Man sells for a million dollars. I'm going to drive up in my Lambo, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the door and water the tree that I planted to offset my carbon emissions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, there's NFTs for you. Yeah. What do you think? Your opinion is almost entirely uh, correlated to just your opinion on cryptocurrency in general. Your opinion on <laughs> NFTs is based on how many you own and how many you're trying to desperately yep, sell right yep, now. Yep. Um, but hey, how about a little bit of good news? Mm -hmm. uh, the vaccine rollouts are currently beating expectations. The range of eligibility is widening in some states. Death and hospitalization numbers are down. And it's looking like with the introduction of that Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the production and deployment of vaccines will now beat prior expectations by a few months. Mm -hmm. We're getting vaxxed, yes. boys. It's <laughs> me, happening. Me it's and literally the boys happening. down at the bar after getting vaxxed. It's happening.gif.nft. Yeah. Um, President Biden announced on Tuesday that everyone who wants a vaccine should be able to get one by the end of May. It's going to be May, mm -hmm. which regardless of where you stand politically, uh, this should have never been <laughs> politicized in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's objectively good news. Yes. We could be looking at a normal summer and listen, it, it's, either way, it's not going to be a normal summer. It's either going to be a COVID summer or it's going to be a fucking summer. It's going to be a fuck fest. It's going to be a <laughs> fuck fest. It's going to be the roaring 20s, baby. You're going to have to grease yourself up before you dive in those pools because it's going to be so full. I got to do two summers in one. I got to live two summers. Two summers. I got a lot of, lot of yeah. making up to do. And that's not to say we're out of the woods. Everyone's like gives a shit that goes, well, not out of the woods yet. Of course. I'm yeah. not, not going to stop wearing my mask for a very long time. And we're yeah. going to be playing it safe for a very long time, even once we're vaccinated. The virus but isn't it, going away. But, but let me enjoy the fact that we might be over this sometime soon. Yeah, I can like, uh, I'll be able to like, hug my parents for the first time in a year. That yeah. would be nice. Yeah. But uh, it's a huge relief. Here's the rub, though. There's a little catch. Actually, hold on. Before we get to the bad news, let's yeah, take yeah. a second while we're feeling good to tell you all about today's sponsor. Grab it, Elliot. The physical manifestation of cereal. Yep, this episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. I mean, we've obviously been trying to cut down on carbs, sugar, unhealthy food, and realized, you know, you can't eat basically anything anymore. That's why Magic Spoon rocks. It's delicious cereal, and it's with a lot less guilt. A Magic Spoon contains zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 110 calories. I mean, it tastes amazing. Honestly, too good to be true. And it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. They've got amazing flavors like the one we have with us today, plus their original bestsellers, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, along with other great flavors like cinnamon and blueberry. Yeah, so click the link below to get some Magic Spoon cereal today. You can build your very own variety box and use our code TODAYDAILY, all one word, for $5 off. You can choose from the best-selling uh, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry flavors, plus a couple of brand-new awesome flavors, including peanut butter and cinnamon. So many of you have asked, and now this is the first time that Magic Spoon has ever released this new option to build your very own custom box where you can build however you want. So don't wait. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So click the link below and use the code TODAYDAILY for $5 off or go to magicspoon.com slash todaydaily to save $5 off your order today. There you go. Mmm. This is so, so good. Okay, where were we? Okay, bad news. Yeah, so looks like everything's performing better than usual as far as vaccine production and distribution. 
unless your state is somehow fucking it up because you have assholes running the whole thing. I mean, we are no fans of Batman villain Gavin Newsom, and the first few weeks of the rollout were a complete mess. It was aggravating. I was pissed. But yeah. things are actually doing pretty great now, and we're pretty damn hopeful that we could get the jab sooner rather than later. But over in Texas... They well, like to do things a little bit different. Over here in Texas, we do things a little bit different than everyone. We got our own power grid. Uh, well, okay, yeah, Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has decided to tempt fate, risk it all, and potentially trip and fall right before hitting the finish line, putting potentially thousands of lives at risk. And uh, that's because he just said, fuck it, and opened up the state completely, as well as removing the state's mask mandate. Texas is open for business, baby. We bow, did bow. it. We did it. Uh, yeah, so this is extremely frustrating for multiple obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, mainly the fact that um, we are so close. We are inches from the finish <laughs> yeah. line here to actually beating this fucking thing into submission and uh, being able to be like, not have to worry about breathing in virus particles every time we go out. Mm -hmm. But now there's a very real chance that any progress we've made over the past few very bleak months, especially in Texas, could be undone by just flinging all the doors open and, more importantly, uh, deprioritizing mask wearing. Uh, wearing. Wearing masks is simply put the easiest and most effective thing you can do to beat this virus, regardless of your level of activity right now. Mm -hmm. But Greg Abbott has now planted a flag that essentially says, wearing masks is for sissies. We're no longer scared of this damn virus. Yeah. Literally, right at the end of the fight, like you're, you're going in for the killing blow, and uh, then you're just turning around to celebrate. And, you know, camera, do a rack focus, and uh-oh, he's, he's bad guy's getting up behind you. <laughs> oh, God, he didn't turn around, turn around. Oh, here's Governor Abbott's full actual quote. I just announced Texas is open, 100%, everything. I also ended the statewide mask mandate. It's just so hard to wrap your head around someone being so brazen and careless, but I mean, the truth of the matter is that he wants to take credit for getting things back to normal while they're on their way already. But he wants it now. Then all credit for a recovered economy and all small businesses coming back, that goes to him. While any hospitalizations or deaths related to COVID going forward will get blamed on the Biden administration's vaccine rollout, despite it being ahead of schedule. The GOP has gone an entire year with blood on its hands with almost zero repercussions from their constituents. So for him... There's basically no risk and all reward because he can just compartmentalize any criticism about this move as just a bunch of libs being triggered. It sucks, but it's true. Yeah, also, uh, people of Texas are in for a rude awakening when they find out that uh, businesses are still allowed to require you to wear a mask, even if the state Just like at CPAC. Yeah. Oh, guys. We, they really <sighs> would hope that you would put your mask back on. I can't wait for the new surge of Karen videos of people trying to go to the HEB in Texas. And it's like, over. Governor Abbott said I don't have to wear a mask. And they're like, yeah, okay, but we're a private business and we're saying you do have to wear a mask. I'm calling the police. That's yeah, bullshit. Damn, you're under arrest. <laughs> anyway, speaking of being triggered, yeah. we regret to inform you that Dr. Seuss has been canceled for not actually being a doctor. He's the original Malachi Love Robinson. He sure is. Uh, no, actually... He's been dead for a very long time. And he's also not, it is true that he's not, he's a, not a doctor. doctor. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know if his real name was Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but uh, so what's actually happening is that the company that owns all the rights to the Dr. Seuss books decided last year that they would no longer print a couple of these titles because they had some mm, stereotypical depictions of people in them. And they were like, okay, maybe we don't want to print these anymore. Yeah. The same way that uh, other brands don't want to keep releasing shit that was made from decades ago when people thought it was okay to put that kind of stuff out there and maybe sensibilities have changed a bit. Yes. Same reason Disney doesn't 
put Song of the South outside the vault. Out, yeah, <laughs> as much as I would love to finally see it in all of its glory, the 4K Song of the South restoration on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. they uh, they won't do it. Yeah, sucks. So this Dr. Seuss canceled thing, it, it, or another victim of cancel culture, or whatever, it's it's really really pissing off conservatives who are acting outraged anytime a company makes a decision based on market analysis, like it isn't the exact type of fucking capitalism that they want. The company decided that these books, which aren't even some of its popular ones by any means, had some shit in it that was offensive. So they were like, oh, let's not print them anymore. The dude is fucking dead. How can he be canceled? Anyways, put Dr. Seuss in that meme about heaven right next to Uncle Ben, I guess. Uh, like, I, I don't, I, I so don't care about this at all. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Well, he did, Dr. Seuss did do some sus shit. He uh, pretty much convinced his first wife to kill herself. I mean, if we're going to cancel him over that. He was a terrible husband. Yes. Among the worst. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, some of the drawings in his books are 100% like outdated stereotypes. But I, literally any attempt by a company to learn from mistakes and move forward is seen as giving into cancel culture. It's kind of nuts. People are just trying to fucking move forward, trying to move humanity forward and acknowledge mistakes of the past and show that they've learned from them. You can still buy these books, too, by the way. They're just not printing any more new copies moving forward. So... Um, if you want to make some money and you, the NFT thing is a little, a little scary for you. Hold on to these books. Go up in your attic and look at your childhood book collection. Have you got any of these Dr. Seuss books? Goldmine, baby. Because yeah, some fucking, some asshole down in Texas who uh, just got kicked out of the supermarket for not wearing a mask is ready and willing to bid on your eBay listing. Look, it, if you want to make a bunch of money, what you're going to do is you're going to buy everything that gets canceled this year, yeah. and you're going to get on a CPAC and run a merch booth next year. Yeah. And you will just rake it in. Canceled products only. And it's going to your sign should say uncanceled. Uncanceled. America finally uncanceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, the GOP, like actual fucking elected officials, in addition to the talking heads and personalities, they're all currently whipping up this insane culture war based on all this shit. And it seems to actually be working. I mean, people getting frothing mad over a company not printing a book because it has drawings of Asian people wearing rice paddy hats with lines for eyes and stuff like that. People are genuinely pissed off about the gender of a fucking potato. And uh, yeah, it's wild. This, their outrage is working. Yeah. Get, people are finding new motivation. The election's over. People, like, they found a new purpose in getting mad at stuff they didn't care about five seconds ago. Uh, now being, like, canceled, regardless of uh, how accurate that term even is. Yeah. But anyone who's actually like, well, they tried to cancel my Dr. Seuss. It's like willfully ignoring, like, all of the America First ties with fascism that he did in multiple comics as well. I thought his, uh, I, th- I can't remember if it was him. I thought his comics, his uh, early World War II era stuff was good. Yeah. It was, like, literally, like, showing that America First mentalities oh, yeah, are yeah. tied directly to fascism. Yeah, it was like anti-Nazi yes. shit. Like, yeah, his, yes. his old, if you haven't seen uh, the OG Dr. Seuss stuff from before he started doing children's books, it's pretty good. Yeah. But it's canceled, so you can't see it. Can't see it. Anyways, Epic Games bought the company that created the wildly successful game Fall Guys that blew up last summer. Uh, just growing the Epic family. Wow. Uh, it's going this to epic. devour us all. Here's some statements regarding uh, that acquisition, first from Epic's Tim Sweeney. It's no secret that Epic is invested in building the metaverse, and Tonic Games shares this goal. As Epic works to build its virtual future, we need great creative talent who know how to build powerful games, content, and experiences. And the team over at Tonic Games. At Tonic Games Group, we often say that everyone deserves a game that feels like it was made for 
them. With Epic, we feel like we have found a home that was made for us. They share our mission to build and support games that have a positive impact, empower others, and stand the test of time. And we couldn't be more excited to be joining forces with their team. So, uh, good. I, I'm excited to see the uh, the uh, Fall Guys and the Fortnite Inevitable. Oh, that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And they should get Among Us, too. Yeah. When's that Among Us 2 coming out? No, they canceled Among Us 2. Uh, uh, but when's the new updates the for Among Us? The cancel culture. They canceled it. The cancel culture. No. <laughs> when the are update. they updating that game? They've been updated. They've been doing updates. I think there's a new map coming soon. There's a ton oh. of like, actual mods out for it now that are uh, apparently really good. Do they fix all that cheating? A lot of cheaters. Hmm. Yeah, if you play public If you games. play public, like a, get some real friends. Yeah. Get some real uh, friends in the Internet Today Discord. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anyways, that's our show for today. We'll be back soon for uh, Tech News Day and some more. Uh, please check out our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News here. We do the rundown of everything that everything that transpired at CPAC. Uh, and uh, ch- just watch it all. You'll get to it. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.